Hey guys, I'm Professor Myron and I'm a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt under Professor Aldo Calvadino de Oliveros. I'm the owner and head instructor of CJJF Texas in Round Rock. My Jiu-Jitsu lineage starts from Master Carlos Gracie Jr., then Professor Calvadino, and eventually down to me. In the Deep is my weekly podcast that I name to pay homage to my guard of choice, but also to cover some topics rarely taught by professors. Professors only show technique in the academy. They're great techniques, but rarely do professors teach about mindset, etiquette, rules, tradition, and respect, just to name a few. Join me each week as I dive into these topics and much more. Now, stay tuned for the next episode of In the Deep. Hey guys, Professor Myron here, and this is the third episode of In the Deep. And today we're talking about Injuries that come from uh, combative sports, uh, in our case, jiu-jitsu. I'm joined by one of my students. Um, he's a white belt under me, but definitely with a plethora of experience, I would say, prior to coming in. Uh, Greg Paris, what's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Professor, appreciate the invite. Thank you, sir. No problem. So, like we were saying, um, injuries in jiu-jitsu, and I, and, I, and I stated it before that you have tons of experience outside of my academy. Uh, tell us about your experiences. Yeah, so I started uh, martial arts when I was about four years old, uh, mainly wrestling. And then uh, I was born and raised here in Texas, but every summer I'd go up to Michigan and I'd have to go to summer uh, wrestling camps and stuff like that. Uh, from there, I started karate as a, uh, as a young kid and uh, got out of karate as a young kid as well, uh, but always stuck with the wrestling all through high school, got into uh, judo, aikido, some ninjutsu, and then uh, kept kind of progressing on from there and do MMA. And uh, ended up opening up my own gym up in Michigan. Uh, ran that from 2009 to 2012. Had two locations. Uh, and it's still running now, even after I got rid of it. But right. So you have you have MMA experience and then uh, MMA amateur experience, right? Mm-hmm. And you train a lot of uh, mixed martial artists as well, right? Yeah, we had around 350 students <clears throat> at one point. So. so you you are definitely experienced with a lot of injuries, and you, you've seen a lot of injuries, not just to yourself, but to your own students and. Mm-hmm. Um, just injuries around combatives in general. Yeah, yeah. And coincidentally, right now you're injured. I'm on crutches right now. As a matter of fact, for a, in fact, a, I have to go pick. I have to go pick you up from your house today because you can't drive. That's the driving foot. Huh? That's it. That's the driving foot. <laughs> Tell us about the new injury. Yeah, I had a mild sprain. Uh, I was helping coach some wrestling up at uh, Loja CJJF and uh, teaching some lateral drop throws. Started to do the live goes and. I was rolling with one of our good guys, Hani, in the morning class, and uh, I'm a big advocate of forward pressure, pressure, <laughs> and uh, I just took one wrong step backwards, and it my foot just completely rolled underneath, went snap, and uh, I wasn't sure if it was broke or not, but uh, it sure hurt like the dickens enough that I wanted to throw up. So. Yeah, because I was rolling, <clears throat> I was training, I believe, with Steve about, I don't know, let's just say 10 feet away from you guys, and I could hear the pop. And so I thought it was definitely broken. Yeah, and it's a different sound too. It was like, a deep pop. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, "Ooh, that sounds like bone." And it's not, and it's not <clears> as sharp <throat> of a sound as what you think. It's almost like a muffled deep. Yes, like yes. Cracking literally sounds like bone. So I was expecting <clears throat> when I came there, when when I came to go check on you, I should say, I was expecting to see um, the ankle in a position where it shouldn't be. You know yeah, what I mean? Hanging. Yeah, hanging, right? Yeah, or or a bulge you know, on one side of the ankle, right? Because of the break. But it, it wasn't that case. And definitely no swelling I saw. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate. Uh, I forget the name of the condition. I was diagnosed with it as a young kid. I don't really have a lot of swelling. Right. Even after I've had like three knee surgeries, uh, I barely even swelled. Right. Knee surgeries. Got like six broken noses. Never had a black eye from one. So I'm fortunate with that. So six broken noses. Now we got the ankle. Um, how many knee surgeries we've had? Three. I've had seven tears in my right meniscus. Uh, three tears in my left meniscus. Torn MCLs. Torn patellar tendons. Patellar chondral fissures. Uh, Basically, and then my kneecap didn't track right. They had to cut out a piece of plaque out of the back. And then uh, I broke my fourth lower lumbar before. I've um, slipped several discs in my back uh, over the years and uh, got broken. I got little bone chips floating around both my elbows from doing Muay Thai and trying to harden up. Uh, are, are the injuries all from, like, combatives? or? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, never really from... <clears throat> the actual fight itself uh just from training it's typically all from training yeah that makes sense though it it took me a long time to realize uh uh to realize how to train yeah as far as how to further prevent injury Mm -hmm. um you know when you're young and dumb and uh you train at that 100 percent all the time you kind of you kind of got to incur more right right and it's a it's a valid um, consideration, you know, when people come in to train um, or, or they're thinking about training, right. And they are always concerned about getting hurt. And um, you know, the nature of, of the beast is that it's, it's going to, it's a contact sport. So anytime we have a contact sport, injuries are inherent inside the combat or inside the contact sport. And so a lot of people's fears and objections for even joining uh, jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, or, or whatever type of martial arts that um, is considered legitimate, um, have the fear of getting hurt, right? Now, in my experiences, I've always, I, I'm like you, I've always got hurt being, or training for the fight, right? Or for the competition. Um, my injuries, you know, knees, uh, LCL, uh, meniscus, and then also my shoulder, my shoulder, I have a separated AC joint. Um, and in fact, the funny part about your injury that day was that we had Rachel, I think it was her second class and we had to actually like carry you out. Yeah. Right. But she was a trooper. She Welcome came back. Club. Right, right, right. She was a trooper. She came yeah. back. Right. But what would you say about, um, in my opinion, I, I think that it's uncommon to, to carry, to, to have an injury so severe that we have to carry people out. And it's, it's very uncommon, right? It's rare, in fact, yeah. right? And so what would you say to these people who are, you know, thinking about jujitsu, but just have a huge uh, uh, reservations about getting injured? Well, I think the first thing they'd have to consider is why do you want to train jujitsu? Um, if you're looking at it from a self-defense standpoint or even getting a shape standpoint, uh, here's what I can tell you. <clears throat> Uh, you're better off learning in a controlled environment uh, on how to fight and how to defend yourself, uh, how to apply a correct technique than when you're trying to learn how to fight while you're getting your ass kicked in a Walmart parking lot yeah. uh, at the back of your car right? Uh, right. where you're not going to learn that it's too late. So if you have the opportunity to learn uh, early on in a controlled environment where you have professionals like, like you, for example, uh, professor, that can kind of oversee the training, like you're very good about assigning a new person with someone who's pretty seasoned or experienced, somebody who has a lot of control, not somebody who's just going to go out and smash. Right. Uh, I, I think that 
Um, anybody who goes and seeks out training, particularly with jujitsu, just seek out somebody that um, they don't have an ego. There's not a bravado. And granted, I haven't really even ever seen that in, in jujitsu circles. I've been fortunate. I've got to train in Brazil. I've got to train all over the, the U.S. with different people. Um, and I haven't run across anybody who has this big ego in jujitsu uh, where they're not cautious of a new person coming in. So I, I would highly advocate people who have that as a reservation to put that behind them and, uh, and understand that there are inherent risks, but I mean, there's risks every single day. You sure. Know, yeah. You, you can, can walk on the street. Yeah. You can get injured. You step into a pothole <clears throat> and you break your leg, you know, you pull out into traffic and you get hit by a car. Yeah. You know, or even driving in a, in a vehicle, right? Everyone drives right. every day. You, there's inherent so, risk in driving. Yeah. You know, the thing is when you have a injury, in uh, jujitsu, we, it's a natural feeling to kind of be apprehensive when you come back from that injury, right? And then some yeah. people are kind of gun shy or, or they, they play it safe. In my experiences, I felt that it would only put me at more risk if I played safe and, and I didn't play my game, you know, and play like how I can play or, or I should say do jujitsu as I, as I can. And so when I always, when I favored my shoulder or if I favored my knee, I felt myself re-injuring that certain area. Well, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think that um, <clears throat> when you train, like if you have uh, some level of injury and you're coming off of it and when you come back, you, you really try to like baby it. I think there's right ways and there are, there's wrong ways. I think uh, really a lot of it depends on what the injury is specifically. Like, for example, with my ankle injury, um, I'm going to be very limited. I can, I'm not really be able to push off somebody with an open guard right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably not going to do the, you know, going for butterflies, which is like my favorite thing. Um, so we're going to be playing close guard. Yeah, I'll have, these, I'll have to I'll have to adapt a little bit. But at the same time, I can't use that as the crutch or have that in my mind because I'm going to leave myself vulnerable to so many other you know avenues of attack. Um I'm not going to be get, really gaining anything out of my training if all I'm worried about is incurring further injury to what I'm already overcoming. And I think the big thing is people have to take uh, injury as opportunity. Yeah. You know, um, so coming from the MMA and the stand up background heavily, you know, if I, I've you know dislocated my <clears throat> shoulder about six times and every time I ever had a shoulder injury on my left side, well, guess what I got really good with straight right yeah, hands, right working hands. jabs and right, right hands. So right. Uh, I take whatever I have uh, as a deficit and I use it as an advantage to force for the growth. With everything yeah, that's else. actually a good point because when I, I remember hurting my shoulder, I, I couldn't lay on this shoulder. Right. And this is the side that I play half guard in and you know, everyone knows half guard, you got to be on your hip and on your side, not flat on your back. And so, I was literally putting weight on my shoulder that was injured along with the weight of someone who's trying to smash me. Right. Mm -hmm. So I kind of learned and was more open-minded to playing open guard more and, and working on that aspect of my game, because I knew that if my shoulder was in the mat, I would, it would just, I would be in pain. Right. Yeah. And so and that's actually a really good point. You know, the, the, you said the go about it the right way. And that reminds me of, myself because as being in jujitsu you know for for a decade and you've you've had experience for probably over a decade i would say um you kind of are there's there's a mental 
uh, it could be a flaw. In fact, I mean, we're kind of desensitized to mm. injuries, right? Yeah. And we know when it's real serious, and we know when it's not. And sometimes you run that line, right? Mm-hmm. When it could be serious, but call it ego, call it being hard headed, but you still want to continue to train. Yeah, it's hurt or injured, right? So, like, you know, are you hurt or are you injured? And I, I think the time where you you step off the mat and you go find out is when you yourself are not sure Yes, is when like, cause I know, for example, as you saw, when I first came into your gym, um, you know, my, my rib dislocated yes. and I've had that thing dislocate so many times, but it'd been years since I was, you know, heavily into it. Again. Oh, you know what we should do though? We should define what hurt versus injured means because a lot yeah. of people may not know what that means. So hurt is just discomfort and pain and don't, <clears throat> don't discredit pain. Cause typically pain is trying to tell you something that, uh, something's wrong and you need to address it or look into it. And if that means just literally taking five seconds to just stretch, move around, you know, touch your toes kind of deal, see what your limitations are. Um, then a lot of times you'll find out that you're not really injured. You're just kind of hurting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little sore. And a lot of times, once you start to understand the, the human body more, you realize, well, if I have this loose piece of cartilage on my rib cage, for example, and I always dislocate that rib, what's the worst that can happen from it? I just dislocate it again. Right. What's going to happen to it anyways? It's going to dislocate again. Right. So what do I gain from not training, trying to heal something that's never going to actually get 100%? Nothing. Right. So um, I'm okay with, uh, to me, I consider that a hurt mm-hmm. as opposed to an injury. Mm-hmm. And the injury, on the other hand, is what? An injury to me is something that um, I can potentially further debilitate myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, with my ankle, if I were to go and do like judo right now and I were to, you know, land wrong or my ankle, my heel were to land on the mat wrong from, you know, a big throw or something, um, then I don't have the structural support inside right now because all the tens and ligaments and the tissue and the cartilage is really loose from this initial injury. Right that um it's not going to be able to support itself and there is when i can really start to damage tendons and ligaments and tear big pieces of cartilage yeah uh i I think i think just knowing that uh knowing what your limitations are and knowing that you know you can't some things you can definitely take the risk on it's really not even a risk when you look at it uh you know a couple steps back you know 2020 hindsight you just look at it wasn't really even a risk but other things are the risk. Yeah, because there's going to be certain things <clears throat> when you start training a lot. You know, you train like you every day, you train like me every day, twice a day sometimes. Your body is going to experience pain, and which is sometimes unexplainable, right? You're just yeah. in pain, right? Um, and so to get back to the hurt versus injured, I, I think simply hurt is that, you know, something may be sore, but you can probably continue. At least this is the way I feel. If it's injured, you are at that point probably throwing in the towel because you cannot continue to even to even participate in class. Yeah, if it's anymore. lost its function, that's when I think you're injured. If For sure. It's, if if it is just discomfort, and I think a lot of people confuse discomfort with hurt. Yes. And then they use discomfort leads to hurt, and they think in their mind. Oh, that's actually that better. Injured. Yeah, that's actually you know? better because there might be a level below hurt, which is just discomfort, yeah. right? And so the body pains we wake up with every morning right from just training the night before that that's a level of discomfort yeah absolutely right but it wouldn't stop you from going into the gym no no way because motion is lotion man and, uh, <laughs> and if you don't like i wake up sore 
uh, you know, I don't go out trying to talk about it because it's just broadcasting weakness. But, yes, yes, yes. But yeah, every day you're going to wake up sore. If you're training right, you're training well, you're going to wake up sore. And uh, if I try to, well, avoid that soreness or avoid that discomfort thinking that, well, if I go in, I may hurt myself or injure myself. Um, I'm not gaining anything from right. that. I can't have that mentality. I, and once you get in there and you, you're a little sore and you're a little stiff in the morning, which we're all, I'm a morning class guy, um, man, after like, you know, five, 10 minutes of just moving around, yeah. you, you feel like a million bucks. Yeah. Again. Yeah. You feel you know? back to your old self. Yeah. You feel all the, all the old injuries and I've got enough old injuries that, you know, uh, everything, I feel better than what it was before I injured it. Right. You know? Right. Like you really truly feel better again. Right. And then the second step up from that, like we said, was hurt. And I, I always think when I, when I think about the word hurt, I always think about the scenario where I got arm barred, right. And I tapped a little bit later than I probably should have. And it's hyperextended, right. It's not broke. It's just, it's stretched out a bit, mm -hmm. right? So that, that, that tendon or that joint is going to hurt. Um, does it put me on the sideline? Probably not. Right. And it's, it's going to heal uh, as long as I don't get arm bar in the arm again, yeah. um, but it's going to hurt. Right. And so I, at that point I consider myself hurt, but definitely not injured. What do you think about that? Yeah. I think nowadays when, uh, if you look at rehabilitation, I mean, like, so I had my knee surgeries and right off, right off the bat. All right. We want you to walk like what, or, or think about this, you know, elderly who have a hip replacement, they, they got these people walking like the same day yeah. or the next day. Yeah. My daughter had you know? a knee surgery, right? Yeah. And she was walking the next day and, and they want that. And it's, so it used to be that, no, no, no. If you had this surgery, you're yeah, going to sit you're there for up. several weeks right. laid up. Right. And that, that leads to a lot of other problems down the road. I think that you're, you're definitely going about it the right way that if you're sore and if it's uh, just a level of discomfort where there's not the risk of further injury, then absolutely consider your training an active recovery. Yes. That's, yes. that's, that's, that's uh, true. That, that's, that's, how, true. I, that's how I would look at it. Right. You know, my shoulder was probably the worst because even when I tore my LCL, I still trained. Um, I, I probably took the rest of that practice off because I heard it during the training. And then I came back the next day, but my shoulder, what happened was, um, I came in early to class, this black belt, I was a brown belt at the time, and he was going to show double leg takedowns during the class. And he wanted to practice on me for whatever reason, he did it about 10 to 12 times. And then the last time he kind of over Full takedowns. Yes. From like six <laughs> feet high and he was yeah. just dropping me. Right. And for whatever reason, he lifted me up higher, over-rotated my legs, and I, I broke fall, but I landed on my shoulder, right? Yeah. And so that the AC joint was out. I went to the emergency that day. So I took about – I knew at that point I was injured. So I took about, um, I don't know, I would say maybe a week off, and then I came back and then started to train again, right? And it healed. It healed. Yeah. I, I probably shouldn't have come back as early as I did, yeah. but uh, that's just, you know, that's just the jiu-jitsu in me. I, I need to be on the mats. Anyways, but I think that is an injury, though. That that that's mm -hmm. considered an injury, at least in my book, it was. So when, when do you feel like you're injured? If it limits, if it limits uh, my mobility, if, if it's something to where the pain is to the point where um, I can't support myself structurally via weight, whether like let's say it's my wrist, and if I'm on, you know, um, I'm I'm holding a turtle or something like that, and if right. I go to base out 
or I go to do a sit through or something like that. And I put my wrist down and I can't support myself. Right. That's an injury to my wrist. So what that means is doesn't mean that I can't continue training, but I'm just not going to go to turtle again for a while. I'm yeah. going to work off my back or I'm going to work cross collar grip with my, with my good hand. For sure. Uh, for sure. I'm just going to use, use that as an opportunity. But yeah, if it affects my mobility, that's when, uh, or the function of that joint or that area, that's when I think it's, uh, it's injury versus hurt. If it's, if I still have full range of motion and I still have structural integrity in that area, um, and it just hurts a little bit, mm -hmm. that's, that's just hurt. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's not, to me, that's not injury. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of times it's just a little bit of cartilage is loose or a little bit of, uh, muscle inflammation. Right. Right. And you know, they're going to tell you, go put some ice on it and that's it. You know, it's like a broken toe, man. <laughs> rub, a, some, rub some dirt on it. Yeah. It's like you break your toe. It's like, put a sock on it, put a sock in it and go back to training. You know, that's, that's pretty much it. Broken toes, broken fingers, scabs on the toes, scabs on the top of the, the foot, you know, these maybe offer a level of discomfort, but I don't think I've ever stopped training off no. for a broken toe. Because no. I, I think I broke all of them, actually, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Um, and anyone who's seen my toes know they, they look like a talon of a eagle. Little rat claws. Yeah, little rat yeah. claws, right? <laughs> and so, you know, th those things happen, and I can understand how it can be um, scary to the newcomer or the, or the new jiu-jitsu practitioner, but it – it's not a reason I, I would say to stay off the mat, at least in my opinion. Yeah. And I, and I think that actually going through the process, like, especially, you know, if, if I were to talk to myself starting out all over again, um, I would, I would basically say like, look, don't look at pain and discomfort as, as like this, you know, massive red flag of, Oh, you know, slow it down, do this, do that. Obviously listen to your body. But I would uh, I would take that as like building up little chinks of armor, yes. you know, and yes. that every time I'm just every time I'm uncomfortable, uh, every time I'm in a funky position or someplace where I don't feel like I can breathe as well or, I, you know, I'm not I'm not dominating from that position. I'm having a hard time getting up. Um, I use that as an opportunity to go back into that position again and again and again and again until I get comfortable with it. Yeah. So yeah, I, sure. I think that you build up a lot of. A lot of mental toughness and physical toughness as well when you deal with the discomforts and you deal with these slight little hurts not yeah. injuries yeah um, well that's the yeah. that's the like the general mantra of jiu-jitsu i would say right is is being comfortable in uncomfortable situations yeah. right whether it be physical or whether it be mental or or whatever you're being smashed by some 300 pounder from the top right a, a, a big thing that you that that i've tried to adopt from you professor is uh, you just, you explained your defense with chokes and you will stare a guy down who's choking you until your tongue goes numb. Yeah. And you literally, and you've said that several times. And then, that's, that's not a good, yeah, like it, what, that's not a good white belt uh, advice though. I don't but, want people going out. But at the same time, um, you realize that you can take a lot more than, and in particular, you also have to understand like, what, what is the technique that's being done? Yeah. If it's an arm bar, there's no yeah. point in trying to fight through this no, and potentially, no, no. you know, especially in training, don't risk, you know, just tap, don't risk uh, injury uh, in order to see how far you can go. Yeah. If someone's got the position and then they've got the submission and yeah. they did them in that order, they probably got you. Um, and like you, as you always say, you always get the sub on the transition. Yeah. In which case that position set. And if I'm still moving, 
I'm not going probably probably not going the right direction to be getting out of yeah. that. First and it's place. hard to defend, right? In a Absolutely. Transition. You know, so. going back to that though, I, I developed like over the years, like I, I not developed, but I would say identified uh, my body reaction to the chokes is that um, I know when I'm going out, like out cold, if my tongue gets numb. So if, even if somebody has a really, really good choke on, um, what Greg is referring to is that I sort of stare at, stare at them like stoically, like it's not affecting me until my tongue goes numb. But when yeah, it, it goes numb, I know mental, I need to it's, it's mental warfare. Right. I've had you in several positions in the past where it's like, I'm cranking. I'm like, man, I got to have something here. I got to have something here. And then you're just barely breathing hard. And you're just looking at me. I'm like, I don't have it. I got to let go. <laughs> and then later on, you tell me like, man, you were close. I'm like, oh, man, I was so close. <laughs> That's you know? funny. No, you know, so, yeah. you know, we get these little injuries. And going back to what we're talking about, uh, or we get these little hurts, I should say, not to confuse the definition here. And we still continue to train. Um, and when we train, though, there has to be a – we have to modify our training, right? We have to sort of accommodate these hurts that we have, right? For example, um, a broken toe. I'm, I'm probably not going to be pushing off that side, yeah. right? Because you can't with that broken toe. Um, another example, and when I was like blue purple belt, um, I I injured my elbow from not tapping from a uh, an arm bar, and so my elbow was really sore, and I developed like tendonitis in there, right? Tennis elbow, whatever they call it, and so it was really sore to extend. So I would try not to use it. I would tuck it in the front, you know, into my belt, and try to like play with one yep. arm and two feet, yep. right? So um, anything that you've done to kind of accommodate your, your hurts, I should yeah, say, no, during training? That, that, is, that to a point, like, I mean, literally done the same thing where uh, if I messed up my shoulder, I would just tie a hand wrap around and pin it to my chest. Then everything had to work off, you know, because I'm an orthodox fighter. But all of a sudden now I have to work southpaw. Right. And um, I actually gained a lot from it. I'm, I'm much more comfortable going southpaw now. And uh, I identified... Um, things that I was doing wrong mm -hmm. that I wasn't even doing correctly. Right. Right. You right. know, uh, that I would never have picked up on if I was just going on. That's actually a good point because the mindset should be shifted from, you know, not training to accommodate an injury or training with an injury. It should be to, uh, because of your injury and the limitations you have is to work on another piece of your game. Yeah, right? use, use it as an opportunity. Yeah. I mean, try try yeah. to take any negative, and this is just life in general, try to take any negative and find a positive, find that silver lining in the cloud. Because a lot of people, including myself too, when I was coming up in the ranks, I would try to stick to my game that I was playing while healthy. But, you know, if I'm injured, I can't play that certain game. Then in order to stay on the mats and to be, to actually get some work in, you would have to adapt to it, right? And so... This is probably the best opportunity to work on, say, your open guard or, or whatever, your top game maybe, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, I, I thought that's a good point. Um, the recovery methods that, you know, you and I, we probably don't go to a doctor as much as we should. That's why, right? Well, I, I think as martial artists, you you really learn to be – you gain a ton of kinesthetic awareness. Yes. And I yes. think that kinesthetic awareness uh, – uh, really aids you in identifying uh, injury and or hurt. Um, and I think that when you build that up, you can, um, you can really, you can really use that to your advantage. You, you can find out like, 
you know, when can I take the risk? When can I take the risk? How can I use this situation to benefit myself further? Um, and just basically just go down everything we've already talked about. But as far as recovery methods, uh, I mean, there's so much voodoo out there. There for, is. There, it's good know, juju. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's you know, I, I I know guys that have cracked eggs under their beds to go to sleep, you know, and it, but at the same time, uh, you also pick up a bunch of good stuff. Mm -hmm. One of the big biggest and best ones I ever got was I was training judo uh, out in Clear Lake, Texas, and uh, I got hit with drop sionagi the, you know, underarm shoulder throw, but where your partner drops to his knees and I was being a good uke, and I went with the throw and my heel landed on the very edge of the mat and my toes basically went off and we were on an elevated, uh, platform. That's where our mats were. Uh, so we got like about, a floating mat. It yeah. It was basically the floating mat, with like the tire thing underneath yeah. the judo, you know, the bigger throws. Right. Right. And, um, yeah, my foot touched the, touched the concrete underneath. And my heel was like shot up into my calf. Like that's like, it was totally overextended. Yeah. And, uh, I started getting a muscle cramp spasming and then it took like three of us to actually straighten my heel back because the cramp was so strong in my calf from the injury that, uh, we actually ended up doing a partial tear on my Achilles. Well, one of the recovery methods that I got, and I still use to this day and I still preach to people to do is, uh, hot and cold is, you know, do 20 minutes ice, 10 minutes heat, 20 minutes ice, 10 minutes heat, and do that back and forth on a, a good buddy of mine, uh, uh, Keith Bernerkill. He took me over to his house and he did that to me. I went into the doctor and they're like, it was amazing. You don't have that much inflammation. And, um, you know, one doctor said he wanted to do surgery and the other doctor said no. And I was at the time I was about 18 years old and I was like, I'm 18 guys. You know, and age is a big factor too, oh, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. If the you younger know, you are, the the faster. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna recover, yeah. and uh, I I encourage people to use surgery as an absolute last resort. Um, try to do as much active recovery as you can, mm -hmm. and surgery is kind of last thing. But just doing that hot and cold, uh, you know, the doctors told me that was probably the best thing I could have done. It saved a lot of inflammation, saved a lot of issues, but really helped out a lot. All right, so the best recovery methods I've found, um, actually, I, you know, Dan um, came from a Muay Thai background. And he had this Thai liniment, right? Because oh, I, I, amazing. Yeah, so I yeah. suffer from like a lot of like body aches, and then like even like some pain in my shoulder um, for whatever reason. I, I haven't gone to a doctor to get it checked, um, and he. You know, the Thai liniment is a rub. It's kind of like an oily rub. It's a real heavy oil, yeah, it's right? it's a methyl silicate base. It's yeah. effervescent, yeah. So, like, and he, he's like, he'll, he'll, like, press it into my shoulder or wherever, right, into the body part that hurts. And that thing, it, it's kind of like an icy hot feeling, but, like, an icy hot on steroids almost because it, it'll really get into it and then, like, almost make it feel better. I feel like a million bucks after. I, I told you what we used to do no. with the Thai liniment. We no. would take cayenne pepper. And we would put cayenne pepper in it and almost turn it into like an air, like an OC spray or like a, like a mace. Oh, in a no way. kidding. Oh, that and, makes sense. Cause it's oil based. So yeah. And yeah. what we would do is we would put, you know, like a teaspoon into the bottle, shake it up, let it sit for a week. You got to explain to everybody it. and not, and be the, not be someone who's just like training jujitsu and MMA and, and making. Um, yeah. Mace. So <laughs> basically what it is, is, is the reason why you do it is, uh, it, it is a big mental piece. Um, in particular, we did it with guys who, you know, their shins were sore from kicking. Right. 
And it's like, well, your shins are sore. Well, yeah, they're going to be. You're trying to harden the bones. Every time you kick something hard, you're creating these micro stress fractures. In right. It, and you're actually fracturing the bone. You have to build it up over time. Right. And uh, it's like if you just went for one training and then you took, you know, two weeks off and you went for another training, you're not gaining anything. No. Yeah. And you're not getting used to it. So yeah. what we would do is we would put that liniment over their shins and all they're thinking about now is kind of the, like major pain. They're burning. Yeah. Shins, like, you right? know, like his buddy's shot and he goes, Oh, right. shot. He grabs his finger. He's a pain. And he yeah. breaks his finger. Right. And all he's right. screaming about his finger says, you ain't thinking about your shot. How are you now? <laughs> so it's kind of the same deal. It just gets, it gets in your head. Uh, a big part to me about the effervescence of the rubs is not even the rub itself. It's the, it's the ex uh, external human contact. Right, right. They've done studies where they've taken premature babies. Right. And uh, they've actually done this studies. You can look it up. But they would take nurses that would go in and they would touch a premature baby. And then they had a control group that they didn't touch. And, <laughs> you know, half or so of the premature babies that they didn't touch, well, they would pass on. Right. But the ones that they did, they were, they had so much more, you know, uh, vitality to them uh -huh, uh -huh. because the human touch is one of the best things you can ever do for healing. So getting a massage yeah. is huge for right. healing, right. getting rid of all that lactic acid, all that stress that's built up inside the joint and the tissues is, is, is a huge, huge thing. So I don't know if this is considered human touch, but along the massage line though, I bought that, um, that gun, that Theragun. Theragun. Oh yeah. man, those things are awesome. I didn't buy the brand name one because those are like three hundred fifty bucks. Yeah. I think. Um, I bought mine off of Wish, or Luana bought it for me off of Wish, but it was like a hundred, hundred nine dollars or whatever it was. But that thing is awesome too. Yeah, I've yeah. been waiting for you to bring it up because I, I, I tried. I, I tried know. Eric's once, and it was, and that was when I had uh, that slip disc in my back. Yes, yes. And uh, it was, I had such a muscle spasm, and this is why I think like massage is such a is such a great way to go. Um, if you have a stiffness or you have a joint issue where you feel all the muscles locking up around it, right? I love the chiropractor, but a lot of times I can't get in there because the muscles are so bound up. Yeah. It's too tight, right? You've even said that you've right. told me before, you know, the chiropractor, Dr. T, she's like, I can't adjust you because your muscles are so yeah. tight, but you go use that Theragun and you release that locked up tissue or you do active release therapy. Sure. Um, and you just basically loosen up the tendons, the ligaments and the muscle tissue that it, now it can heal correctly. Now it can get blood flow. Right. That's right. what you're gaining. Yeah. I, so. I did the same thing before I went chiropractor or to my the chiropractor the other week is that I loosened up the lower back cause that's where she has a hard time. Right. But yeah. So I use the Theragun. I use the liniment. Um, I also, and, and it's kind of uncommon, but if I'm really, really needing a recovery, I'll jump into an ice bath or I do cryo. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. You've done that. I like, I like ice baths. Yeah. I've like done the ice bath. Too. I've never done cryo. Um, I've always wanted to try it. Uh, it wasn't really around, uh, whenever, you know, we right. were doing it. If it was, it was going to be out in Vegas or something. And it would be but expensive. Not, not in Detroit. This wasn't existent in Detroit. <laughs> uh, best cryo you could get up there is probably go jump in the snow or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or you jump know, in the lake cold. when it's cold. Yeah. yeah jump yeah. in the lake when it's cold. But yeah, I mean, literally jump in a lake when it's cold. That yeah. was, that was a huge That's your ice bath. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, essentially it's, it's a huge recovery. Um, it's really good for the body. It shocks the system in a good way. Yeah. Um, and it just promotes a lot of overall health. Yeah, I, you so. know, it made me super tired after I remember. Yeah. Because I, I, I guess, well, they told me that it's like your body is working. That's why to stay warm, mm -hmm. right? Because they're, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what the degrees they subject you to, but I know it's really cold. You got to wear gloves and you got to wear socks because they're worried about frostbite. Um, frostbite yeah. yeah. But 
I remember like taking like a long nap that day, yeah. like two hour nap during that day, yeah. right? Yeah. But I, I I felt like a million bucks after. Yeah, you know, it's a big recovery piece. That's why I think the 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 hot and cold go really well. You know, uh, cold for swelling. What do you use for hot? Do you use water too? I use water. Yeah, I'll go boil water uh-huh. and uh, basically just get as hot a water as you can stand without scalding your skin. Right. And then the cold is uh, just more ice than water and just stick it in there and deal with it. And, and what you'll find is, and that goes on to the discomfort piece, is it's not fun going yeah. from something hot to yeah. something cold. Even an ice bath too. Yeah, it yeah. just sucks. Yeah. It just sucks. But what you gain from it is it's totally worth the, the discomfort. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. We'll, we'll do an episode on, uh, on how jujitsu makes you mentally tough oh, next yeah. time. Yeah. Um, the, you know, what's funny is that your current injury now is that we're talking about honey. We injured it on Tuesday. Uh, it's currently what it's Thursday today. Right. Yeah. And so he came in this morning um, <laughs> and he's asking about you because, you know, the nice people we are, we didn't want to text him and let you know how you were. Um, and we kind of wanted to play, uh, a joke on him. Yeah, he's fun to play with. Yeah. And so, you know, we're giving him all these outlandish stories. Like I told him I think um the doctor found gangrene in your <laughs> in your ankle and they had to amputate. Um somebody told him that you had like three months to live or something like that. <laughs> and so the entire practice for one hour, right? Oh, he's like, Oh my god, I really hurt Greg. I gotta give him a call after. And it wasn't even him. It was literally he just had forward pressure. We're standing in a clinch and I just stepped backwards and it just folded. Yeah, I mean, it, it freak things happen. Right. You know? And in fact, was. yours was the epitome of like a freak accident. Yeah. And, and I don't have even with that ankle, having injured it, but that was well over I'm 33 now and I was roughly 18 when that took place. So do the math on that. Yeah. That's not a reoccurring injury. That's no. not what that is. This all. is the first time you've ever had any type of ankle issues in my academy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The and rib. Yeah. The knee. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, but, but still what you, uh, it's, it's just one of those freak things that could have happened anywhere at any time. Right. You know, if I went and jumped rope, it could have happened. Or if I jumped out of my pickup truck and landed down at a little bit of an angle, which I've done that before. Right. And you just roll an angle. Right, you know? right, right. Or play so, basketball or anything. Right? Yeah. Skateboarding, you know. whatever. So we talked about injuries. We talked about training through injuries. We talked about being hurt, being injured, being being in a sense of or a level of discomfort, I should say. What's the moral? What's the moral for our listeners out there? I think just – uh get out train don't let don't let discomfort dictate uh your training don't let uh hurt dictate your training obviously definitely let injury dictate your training um don't you know just be able to identify uh what's going on with your body and if you don't know go seek out a professional to tell you what you don't know right and if you don't like what they have to say seek out another one right uh i can't tell you how many times i've had doctor one doctor say one thing and another doctor say another thing Right. Um, but it's build up that knowledge base of your own kinesthetic awareness in your own body. Uh, it's your machine. It's your tool to use. And uh, I think when you do that and you start to uh, see what your limitations are, then you can really identify when you may actually be injured versus when you may actually be uncomfortable or just have a little bit of hurt. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think that you and I, we come from a perception of having so many years of experience and also so many injuries that we've gone through and overcome. I think that if the newer person will not have the same awareness like you and I, or even some of the other guys in our academy, right? The guys who train day in, day out. And so 
if there is a concern, um, then go seek out a professional, as you stated. Although, on the other hand, um, they newer people have to know that there's going to be a level of discomfort and not every single piece of or not every pain is going to be an injury yeah not not even close yeah. more often than not it's not a, a great example is my ankle where it was a loud snap and uh you know i've been in competitions before i've broken people's legs right and the snap sounded really similar yeah that and, was a heel hook right yeah, it was yeah. A heel hook. and uh that's an injury that's an injury and that dude walked out yeah he walked into the back on a broken leg they uh do any uh blood work on that guy no no there's uh, no, no. Uh, <laughs> there's so, no blood work after for for uh no, he, he was, at the amateur ranks right? no he he was uh he was a tough d uh yeah. to, to, to put it uh at, at the because he didn't want to tap smallest. right no and he didn't he yeah. didn't that was a heel hook and uh it went yeah four you little tore. pops yeah. and then it was a huge loud crack and there's about ten thousand people in the audience and i had people three tables out in vip that could hear it that heard the snap yeah, that's and, all the uh, ligaments i want I wanted to throw up and it wasn't even my leg you know? and it was, it was, it was disgusting, but he was sitting up into a dislocated knee and a broken leg and torn up ankle. Right. And right, it didn't, right. it didn't affect him. That's another thing that adrenaline will do too. Yes. That is, is true. Is you have to, uh, if you hear things that are unusual or you realize you have a structural limitation, um, take a step back. And just assess yourself. Just it's it's not going to kill you to miss out on the rest of that one round, and uh, just assess yourself real quick. Yeah, we know? forgot to talk about that, but sometimes yeah. pain doesn't set in this way. Yeah, it really doesn't. You know, because <clears throat> you're that going and, is so high, yeah, and especially as us, where we built up so much over tolerance. the years, the tolerance yeah. for it, and even though we have a higher kinesthetic awareness than maybe some others do. Um, it can also be a detriment, you know, because we're sure. just like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. And right. then you get off the mat and you're like, I can't lift my arms. You know, it's like, <laughs> right. what happened? To, right, right, you know? right. Well, so, the bad thing is that I can't lift my arms. I'm still going to go back on the bat, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the difference, yeah. All right, man. This is fun. We almost went about uh, almost 45 minutes, but yeah, we got to do this again. Thanks for coming for sure. in. Um, thank you for listening for the, to the third episode. And we're talking about uh, injuries in combative sports and specifically jujitsu. I hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll, we're dropping our episode every Tuesday. So make sure you tune in, subscribe, and enjoy. We'll see you later. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the latest episode of In the Deep. I'll be here every Tuesday. You can follow me on Instagram at Professor underscore Myron 808 or on Facebook, Myron Kamihara, or at our website, www.alohacjjfroundrock.com.